Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Our next guest is one of my favorite persons in or out of the NFL. Dwight Clark not only was Joe Montana's favorite receiver before Jerry Rice arrived, he was one of Eddie DeBartolo's favorite people, too, with the 49ers later making him their general manager. He was a success as a player, and I don't need to remind you who made the catch. He was a success as a front office executive, keeping the 49ers at or near the top of the NFL after Joe left for KC. And he's always a success when he joins this show. Dwight, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having me. And what an introduction. Wow. That was, that was good. <laughs> always a pleasure talking to you, Dwight. Hey, Dwight, we've been talking to Eddie DeBarlow on the show, and we spoke to Joe in the first hour about Eddie's Hall of Fame candidacy. I'll ask you what we asked him. Why should Eddie DeBartolo be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? You guys are voters, too, aren't you? We yes, are. We are. Yeah, so, so I've got to convince you guys. Well, um, I don't know what Joe said, but we, we've all gotten together and talked about why and, and all that stuff. And what we all came up with is NFL Hall of Fame is the best of the best. And if there's a better owner out there in the NFL, maybe even of all time, I'd, uh, I'd have a hard time finding it. He, he was a great owner. Uh, he oversaw the dynasty of the 49ers for like, I don't know, over 20 years. And he's got, obviously got the stats with uh, 16 playoff appearances in 23 years, five Super Bowls in 14 years, 10 division championship games. He's got all, he's got all that. Uh, seven seasons with uh, 13 and three, but to me, what makes him the kind of guy that needs to be in the Hall of Fame is that he set the standard for the modern-day owners. He was, he was, it was not just football either. I, I know that the new owners that were coming into the league, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and Jerry Richardson, all modeled their organizations after the 49ers of the 80s. He gave the league a marquee team that... Uh, helped significantly grow the TV ratings in the 80s, which made the, the league stronger and better. He put pressure on other owners to, to spend money to compete, which uh, which made the league stronger. So, you know, and obviously I love Eddie Wadlow. Uh, he's been so good to me, and I just think it would, it would be a great feather in his cap, uh, and it would be well-deserved because of, I know, I know Bill had a lot to do with the success, but there was Eddie right there beside him approving all those things that, that uh, Bill wanted to do. And, you know, the fellowship coaches and the continued education. And not everybody thought Eddie should hire Bill Walsh, but Eddie saw something and look what Bill turned into. So in my opinion, my humble opinion, I hope you guys will vote the to put Eddie in there. And not only that, can you imagine, I mean, look what he's done for the, what he did for the 49ers. If he was in the Hall of Fame, he would help really build something special in Canton there. I'm sure he would put his financial support behind whatever kind of progress they wanted to make there. All right, well, so that's my spiel. That's I pretty good it? spiel. That's pretty good. I got to say, you're like Sold. a campaign manager. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an attorney, so don't, argue with me about it <laughs> oh no no we're no, this is not an argumentative place we're, we're easy 
you know, there's a million uh, uh, Eddie stories, I'm sure. You know, we hear about how competitive he was and the famous uh, sword that uh, uh, policy always talks about, the samurai sword that was there, and he knew that at some point you have to run yourself through it if you don't win. What, uh, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite Eddie story, uh, if there is one? Um, well, yeah, I got, I got a million. I have a win. When I tore up my knee, I'm in the lock. They cart me off, and I'm in the locker room, and there Eddie comes running in the locker room, all teary eyes. You know, Eddie treated us like we were his family, and when we got hurt, it hurt him just as bad. I, I can remember I got in a fight one time in a game, and I when we won the game, it was against Buffalo, and I came in the locker room, and um, Eddie grabbed me by my jersey, and he was like, "Thanks for fighting for me out there today." You know, I was like, well, absolutely, Boston. I was fighting every week after that. If that's what you wanted, <laughs> I, I'd bring it on. I'm, I'd make the boss happy. <laughs> what, was, what, what was the best part of work for him, either as a player or as an administrator? Well, like I said, he, he, he loved us uh, like we were family members, and so we didn't want to let him down. So it was easy to get up for games. We, uh, we wanted to play hard for him. We wanted to win for him. He was, as you guys know, and he's unbelievably generous. After that third Super Bowl, he took us, not just the players and their wives, but the coaches and their wives, any employee and their husband, wives, whatever, to Hawaii for five days. With mm-hmm. you know, We had our ring ceremony over there, and Huey Lewis was the entertainment, and we blew out. It, it, it was ridiculous. You know, I mean, he just, he's so appreciative of, what that those teams were able to do in the 80s and early 90s, and he paid it back tenfold. I wish I'd been covering the team then, Dwight. I would have liked to have made that trip. Uh, we're with former 49ers star Dwight Clark on the talk of fame. And Dwight, let's switch subjects here. We asked you what the best part of playing for Eddie was. Goose just asked you. I'm going to ask you, what was the best part of playing with Joe Montana? Oh, wow. Well, Joe is, as you guys know, he's just a big kid. He just wants to compete and play the game and have fun. And and you knew he was always prepared. And no matter what the situation was, you know he could find a way to get you out of that. If it was a bad situation, you know, get you out of it, to get us down the field, to get that first down, find the open guy. I mean, I, I watched that. Uh, I have to. When I give talks, I have to talk about the catch, obviously, and so I don't have to. I want to, but um, I, I watch it a lot. To try to find out other little things that happen, and when you watch that final drive, the way he picked people apart and found open guys and stuck the ball in little tight windows, his ability, uh, the way he prepared, um, and then just, just being such a likable guy. It, uh, it made you want to, you know, you, you couldn't wait to get on the field with him because you just knew he was going to make you better. Dwight, uh, Joe mentioned that Ronnie Lott thought the 84 team was the best of those four Super Bowl champions. In your mind, which was the best 49er team? Well, I would, uh, I'd like to say the 84 team was the best because I, I did get to play on that one, but I, I was not on that, that team that beat Denver 55-10. to 10, And um, I don't know, that was... That was a pretty good team there that uh, that won that game. So um, I'll, I'll selfishly go with 84, but I, I totally understand.
understand if anybody wants to pick the, the 88 team. You know, when I, I retired in 87, and the 49ers missed me so much, they went to back-to-back Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> How tough was it uh, to see Joe leave San Francisco? You know, players always talk about, oh, you know, it's inevitable. People, they come and they go. Uh, but I'm wondering, what were your uh, emotions in 1994 as head of player personnel when you, you watched uh, watch him beat the 49ers in, in Kansas City? Yeah, um, I, was, I was actually on the way up in management. I had, uh, you know, I retired in 87, and then I was there in uh, – 88 and 89, and then, you know, Joe gets hurt. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I was I was kind of working my way up, and I couldn't believe they wanted to trade Joe Montana. I, I wasn't in favor of it at all. I understood the money part and all that, but how could you, how could you do that to a four-time Super Bowl champion? And, and so I was, I was totally against it, but but somehow, you know, and I, w- I was asked to try to get him to go, and, and he kind of took that the wrong way that I was in favor of him leaving, which I was not. And, and so there was about, after he left, there was, I don't know, several years, four, five, six years where there was, it wasn't bad blood. It was just, um, he and I didn't talk very much. And, you know, this was my best friend. And so that that was a little bit rough. But then when when he retired, um, his wife invited me to the ceremony and and all that stuff. And that's when we started to kind of heal a little bit. And uh, a few years after that, we you know we we totally got back together, talked it out, and and all that. And but I I had to make sure that he knew I had nothing to do with that. Cause that was <laughs> me. That was like I said. I understand. He had been injured. There was a lot of money. Steve Young was player of the year, two years. I, under, I, I understand, but I still wouldn't have done it. We're with Dwight Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Dwight, I'll ask you the loaded question here. Uh, Joe and former right. San Mateo resident Tom Brady each have four Super Bowl rings. So when you look at Tom Brady, do you see Joe, and I'm not talking about style. I'm just talking about his ability to win big games. Are we talking about the ball being deflated no. or wrecked? No, let's not go there. Let's not go there. I'm talking about yeah, let's winning go there. big games. Let's go there. Uh, oh, man. Um, I, know, I know Brady gets compared to Joe constantly. Uh, I haven't been in the huddle with him. I do see some similarities out there on the field. Uh, I mean, Brady's a winner. And... Um, and, and, you know, that's what Joe is. But I just, I, I mean, there, I don't know that, to me, Joe Montana is the greatest football player, not just quarterback. He's the greatest football player they ever played. Because I was in the huddle with him. I've, I've seen what he's done back there, you know, where he'd say, you know, if the defender's coming from your backside left, I'll hit you on the right side so you don't get turned into the tackle. And, you know, I'm like, you can't do that with all that stuff going on back there. So you start paying attention to it and, he could hit numbers if he needed to. He, w- he was just so accurate, and he had such presence out on the field. And um, he field vision was incredible. And he would he prepared. He would be the guy leaving at night. You know, back back in the day, we had that 
projector. He'd be leaving with, you know, five to ten tapes under his arm to go home and continue to study. He, he was just, he was a magical guy. He had great judgment. And, yeah, I see some of those things in Tom Brady, but I, I take Joe Montana ten out of ten times. Hey, Dwight, I'll tell you what I can see. I can see we're out of time. But it's always, always okay. great to hear from you. And I'll tell you what, we'll look for you when we come out to Super Bowl 50. I'll be here, man. I'll be here. And you got my number now, so call me anytime. I'll, I'll give you more Joe Montana and Eddie Bartolo story. <laughs> Sounds That's good. deal, Dwight. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. Talk to you later. That was former 49ers star Dwight Clark. When we return, we'll take a look at the Hall of Fame's preliminary class for 2016. This is the Talk of Fame Network.